Today is the first Sunday of Lent. <laughs> and in the church calendar, we use the color purple to remind us that we're in Lent. Lent is a really special, special season. Lent is the season in which we prepare to celebrate the, the mystery of Easter, which is coming up in a few short weeks. Back in the day, once every year, the people of God would go from wherever they were living all the way to Jerusalem. And they would go visit the temple and celebrate Passover. So wherever it is that you would live, you would be on your way to Jerusalem. All the people would gather and be on their way to Jerusalem. Lent is also a way in which we also celebrate being on our way to Jerusalem. But who will lead us to Jerusalem? Jesus will. So this one time when they were all heading to Jerusalem, there was a big crowd. And Jesus and the disciples, they were on their way. And they noticed that a lot of people were getting close to them because they wanted to hear Jesus' teachings. And as the children got closer and closer to Jesus, the disciples stepped in and they said, No, do not interrupt Jesus. He's really busy. <laughs> and Jesus stopped the disciples. And he said, Do not stop the children from coming to me. Mm because the kingdom of God belongs to them. So then Jesus gathered all the children around him and he told his disciples to let them come near him. And Jesus spoke to each and every one of the children and he blessed them. And he taught them the good news of the kingdom of God. I wonder what it was like to be the children and to be told no by the disciples to come near Jesus. Mm. I wonder what Jesus said to the children. I wonder what it's like to receive the kingdom of God just like a child. I wonder what it's like to be told yes by Jesus and to come close to him. And let's just take one second to wonder these questions.
God's children. Welcome to come to him. No matter what anybody else might think or judge or say. What a gift. Thank you for sharing. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Let us pray to the Lord, saying, Steadfast God, your We'll begin with thanks and praise. Steadfast God, thank you for sheltering us in the storms of life. Thank you for ministering to us through angels seen and unseen in times that test us. Thank you for claiming us as people, beloved forever, beloved forever. Because of your great love and care for us, we trust in you, in our brightest joys, and in our deepest meanings and sorrows. We rejoice when dark clouds of trouble are overtaken by the light of your presence and new possibilities. When things settle down after a time of tossing about, when the great storm is over, and when the promise of resurrection life takes hold in us with sure and certain hope. Hear our prayers, we ask, for the deep needs of the world. Lord, in places of violence and warfare, give us the courage to lay down weapons of death and promote life and well-being instead. In places of drought and fire, bring rains that make the earth colorful and verdant again. In places where the waters overtake their boundaries, allow the overflowing chaos to recede. Steadfast God, loving God in life and in death, we belong to you. So in the midst of life, we entrust ourselves to your care. We are bold to ask for help. Lord, help us when we are confused, lost, or afraid. We ask for healing for our bodies and for our minds, whether wounded, ill, or recovering. Help us be unceasing in our prayers for those we love who are far from us physically, emotionally, or spiritually. Steadfast God, in the midst of death and grief, Lord, even though we are weary, we return again and again. We pray for comfort, for an easing of the pain that comes with loss, and in the light of your presence, to pierce the present darkness. Steadfast God, as the heavens were torn open at Jesus' baptism, and the curtain of the temple was torn at his crucifixion, so now tear open anything that divides us from you or hides your presence in our lives or in the church. We desire to hear your voice of love, to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, and to see you clearly. Steadfast God, hear our prayer. Lead us to serve others faithfully as disciples of Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. Grabbed an extra cookie, a piece of candy, <laughs> a dollop of whipped cream, maybe uh, right from the container in the fridge, <laughs> ice cream or a glass of whatever, even when we realized it might not be a good idea, or even if we were told not to by our parents. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Ever found yourself wanting to prove how good or smart or cool? Capable, strong, powerful we are to other people, especially those who want to put us down and criticize us. Yeah, me too. 
ever wanted, really, really wanted something that you don't have? Maybe something that you saw that somebody else has that you really wanted and would like to have. Maybe toy, food, car, house, cool pair of jeans, a bike, computer, phone, game system, pretty top for a dress, and caved and just wanted to pursue it or even ordered it or bought it when it wasn't on the budget. Yeah, me too. It's tempting, right? Um, fill ourselves with things that we know, that we like, that we want. Maybe we even feel like we deserve them, right? Mm. What does it really matter? One little whatever. Why should others have and us not? ourselves or demonstrate our whatever, our goodness, our power to others. So it's complicated because sometimes in doing these things and pursuing these things, we take actions that maybe Jesus would not. Mm. Sometimes it means we don't necessarily tell the truth. I didn't eat the half the row of the Oreos out of the container. <laughs> um, I didn't eat the rest of the ice cream. Or we might choose to do something that helps us look good that makes somebody else look not so good. Mm -hmm. Maybe unkind or lack compassion. And if we're not paying attention, we can let our pursuit of things control us. We become the thing, the big thing, and draw us away from Jesus. You know what else? Jesus found himself facing these same kinds of temptations too. I wonder what he did, what choices he made, and how. So we're in our gospel passage, uh, Mark 1, 9 to 15. I'll read. One day Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee, and John baptized him in the Jordan River. As Jesus came up out of the water, he saw the heavens splitting apart, and the Holy Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice from heaven said, You are my dearly loved son, and you bring me great joy. And for a few weeks ago, we talked before he'd done anything. God spoke this to him and over him. The Spirit then compelled Jesus to go into the wilderness, where he was tempted by Satan for 40 days. He was out among the wild animals, and angels took care of him. Later on, after John was arrested, Jesus went into Galilee, where he preached God's good news. The time promised by God has come at last, he announced. The kingdom of God is near. Repent and believe the good news. So we've been in parts of this passage, and honestly, initially, I planned to preach out of a different passage today. If you look at Harbor Happenings, you would be expecting me to be preaching out of 1 Peter. Um, but God really challenged me this week. I'm like, We've been in this passage. Yeah. And it was like, really? He's like, all of it? And I'm like, well, yeah, the Zoom church, we talked about Jesus' baptism a couple weeks ago, the end of our second week in 21 days of prayer. We talked about Jesus coming into ministry, you know, repenting and believing the good news and how do we live like we believe that he is and says and does what he says. Um, but there are two little verses in the middle of there that were not part of those messages that God would bring to me in three different ways over the last 10 days. Mm -hmm. to, and it's the, really the crux 
of our time of preparation for Easter. It's Jesus' time in the wilderness. Right? In Lent, God draws us near to him to draw close, to prepare us. What was happening in the wilderness with Jesus? Why didn't he just go from, you are my son, I love you, I'm pleased with you. Why didn't he just go straight from there into ministry? Something's happening mm -hmm. in that time. And last week in the Transfiguration, we talked about what the disciples were missing by jumping in and trying to build the tents and missing the conversation between Jesus and Elijah and Moses. Right. And it's like, what are we missing, right? We don't want to miss this. So here we are. <laughs> we're in Mark. <laughs> we're in Mark's Gospel. And so a few things uh, that we know. So immediately following his baptism, he goes into the wilderness. And how does he get there? Is he lured into the wilderness? No, he was drawn. He was drawn. Yeah, drawn by the Holy Spirit. So this was an intentional effort to bring Jesus into this time um, of wilderness. And we don't know a lot from Mark's passage. It's just these two little verses. He compelled him into the wilderness where he was tempted by Satan for 40 days. So we know Satan was there. We know he was there for 40 days. Um, he faced temptations. He was among the wild animals. And there were angels who took care of him. That's all we know from Mark's passage. But God gives us the whole Bible. And we can look to Luke's gospel and Matthew's gospel too. The detail, that journey in that time. But I think it's important that we stop and look. So he's out in the wilderness. He's not glamping, if you've ever heard glamping, where you can like yeah. go somewhere and have like the fancy tents with the heaters and the cushy beds and the... He didn't have... No. That's not what Jesus was doing. He was among the wild animals, right? So what does that tell us? He was vulnerable, right? So he went on, he was fasting, right? So we, those are the things uh, that we know. Uh, so I'm going to share from... Luke's Gospel. It's not on the screen. You can pull it up if you have There's some Bibles. Um, Bibles in the back if you want to pull it up on your phone, but just listen to what he walked through, and we'll walk through each of them. So I'm just going to read. Um, this is from Luke 4. Um, then Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the wilderness, where he was tempted by the devil for 40 days. He ate nothing during this time and became very hungry. And so the devil, devil begins to tempt him. And both Luke and Matthew walk us through three specific temptations that, that Satan was trying to get him with and how he responded to those. So here's the first one. Then the devil said to him, if you're the son of God, because he's hungry, right? The, the passage just tells us he's hungry. He's fasting. Um, if you're the son of God, tell this stone to become a loaf of bread. But Jesus told him, no, the scriptures say people do not live by bread alone. So what did he do? He didn't debate him. He didn't say, well, I'm not hungry. I can make it on my own. No, he just countered him with God's word, right? With truth. With truth. Yeah. And he didn't deny that he was hungry. He didn't even deny that, boy, uh, that might sound pretty good right now. Mm -hmm. like he didn't, but he didn't engage with Satan on Satan's terms. He just countered the lie that he was trying to lure him with, or the temptation. You know you're hungry. You know you want this. Just do it. You can do it. Right? So 
scriptures say people do not live by bread alone. Luke then tells us that the devil took him, then the devil took him up and revealed to him all the kingdoms of the world uh, in a moment of time. I will give you the glory of all these kingdoms and authority over them, the devil said, because they are mine, and I can give them to anyone I please. I will give it all to you if you'll worship me. I have something you want, and I'll give it to you. And what was Jesus' response? Jesus replied, the scriptures say you must worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Again, he didn't go into, no, I don't really want that. No, I don't really need that. Didn't engage around any of that. He just said, no. God, the scriptures say you must worship the Lord your God and serve him only. I remember when I was in seventh grade. I was a girl who had been my best friend the whole year before. And then suddenly when I came into school, I didn't know if, she was going to greet me with a smile and we were going to have lunch together, or if she was going to be mad at me and threaten me um, and exclude me. But for a long time, I would just try and do all the things to get her approval, right? God says, no, that's not, that's not what to do. And eventually, another person will say, why do you let her treat you that way? Mm -hmm. It hadn't occurred to me that I was pandering to her and allowing her to shape whether I was good or not or acceptable or not by how she wanted to look at me that day. Right? We can get caught up in things like that. So he says, no, you must worship the Lord your God and serve him only. And then the third, the devil took him to Jerusalem, Jerusalem, um, to the highest point on the temple, and he said, if your God jump off, and then Satan says, for the scriptures say, he will order his angels to protect and guard you, and they will hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. And Jesus responded, the scriptures also say, you must not test the Lord your God. Right? Satan was so sneaky, he was trying to twist God's word to get Jesus to do what he wanted to do. Jesus says, you know, he responded with truth. And then when the devil had finished tempting Jesus, he left him until the next opportunity came. And he left him alone forever, right? Um, and Jesus returned to Galilee filled with the Holy Spirit's power. Um, and then we see, just like in the, that's where it picks up in, the Mark, in Mark's gospel, and he begins his, his ministry. So we look at these parallels. So there were, look at the things that Satan was doing to try and tempt Jesus. First, he was trying to get him to, uh, to do something that he desired for his body, something that would make him feel good or look good. Um, and how did he counter? He countered with God's word, not arguing. Or he showed him something that he might want. Everybody would want this. I'm offering it just to you. All you have to do is worship me. You know, we can get focused on things that we want or things that we want and then get misdirected and we start to envy or we start to idolize. The thing becomes the thing. I just want this kind of house, computer, phone, car, whatever the thing is, success. Um, but Jesus 
shows us the strength in God's word. Right? And then Satan also says, prove yourself, jump down. And again, he gets so tricky. You even think about during the fall is Adam and Eve were in the garden. Um, you know, Satan comes in. Did God really say? Did God really say that you can't eat? Right? And so it it shows us to be on guard. So how did Jesus do this? I mean, because we know that Jesus, fully God, fully human, when he chose to come to earth as a human, raise and grow up, like he was born just like us with a human will. Mm. Right? He's divine and has um, has his divine will, but he was a human, had a human will that he had to keep chose to keep mm -hmm. in check and surrender to God, to the will of God, to the will of the Spirit. So how does he how does he do that? So in this time in the wilderness, so what was God doing? He was preparing him. Jesus was also Dangerous. learning to become dependent on God mm -hmm. for everything that he needed. Everything in the moment was stripped away. He left and was dependent on God. And we know that sometimes in our pursuit of things, we can become misdirected. So Jesus was tempted, and he overcame. And the thing is that he understands how hard it is, right? Because he was, <laughs> he faced these, and it wasn't easy for him to say, right? It wasn't easy for him to be fasting for all this time and be hungry and to say, no, I'm not going to do this, right? He walked through it. Now he may not have electronics and all the other things that we deal with today, but the same types of challenges, challenges and temptations that we face today, Jesus faced. And he was able to do it not because it wasn't hard for him, but out of his identity in God. So mm. if we, we start, we kind of began this part of the message thinking about his time in the wilderness and the, tempta and the temptations that he faced. But if we back up, there's something really important that we don't want to miss here, right? Let me find it. So in verse 11, a voice from heaven, this is after he comes up um, out of the waters of baptism, Baptism, he's not repenting for his own sins, right? He's, he's, he's going through the process that God draws all of us to go through to surrender our lives to him and to allow him to, um, to make us clean. But he was, he, was, he was baptized and showing us what we need to do. He was following the law. He was following the preaching that was being taught. And he comes up out of the water, and what does, what does God say? Remember, he's speaking directly to him. Jesus, he doesn't say Jesus. You are my dearly loved son, and you bring me great joy, right? So it was out of his, he didn't just go into the wilderness and then like, okay, I'm gonna muster it all up. He started in the wilderness out of firm footing on the foundation of who he is, his identity is God's beloved son. We are God's beloved children. Amen. 
We all are. And mm -hmm. if we, we try and battle things because when well, we know we're supposed to do this, we're supposed to do that, and if I read my Bible enough, I'd know this, and um, if I prayed more, I would know that. But if we're starting, if we're, we're launching from a place of our abilities and our control, all of those things are important, but it starts with God, with God saying, you are my beloved. And it's from that place. Our Psalm 25 passage that Wendy read for us uh, just talks about, it's just such a beautiful picture, the soul's desire for God's instruction. So as we're in this time of Lent, we walk into the wilderness with him. God, show me the things that you see in my heart, mm. in my life that just aren't quite right. Or that I might be even deceiving myself that are justifying something mm -hmm. that is drawing me further and further away from you. Mm -hmm. So this psalm, time and time again, um, goes on, show me, point out, lead me, teach me, help me to trust you, help me to put my hope in you. Um, show me the proper path. The promises that God leads the humble in doing what is right and teaching them his way. Mm -hmm. And he leads how? With a heavy hand, with uh, right, with unfailing love, unfailing love and faithfulness to His promises, to His covenants with us. So at our Ash Wednesday service, um, we invited people who wanted to to write down something, just to spend some time reflecting and write down anything that God is showing, or that they want to want God to help them with during this. Uh, during this time of Lent, and this is our first Sunday. So I'm going to offer this opportunity to you too. And as I shared Wednesday, I tend to find things like this meaningful because they're, illust they're illustrative or illustrative. Um, some don't, and so I don't feel obligated to do it. But, um, but if, if there is something that you want God to be helping you with or that he's showing you right now that you're, that you're wrestling with, and then bring it up and you can, where's, where's our bowl here? Um, tear it up, crumple it up, not reading to try and match or anything, it's just between you and God. And I've been praying over these this week, so this is from our, from our Ash Wednesday service. And we'll continue to pray over these because God is with you and he wants this time with you, this time Amen. of formation and preparation as we wrestle with the things of life. Um, and he wants to help us, and Jesus shows us how we can overcome, not in our strength and power, uh, but by be being willing to draw close to God, to allow ourselves to be vulnerable. Yeah. To allow ourselves to embrace the fact that we are his beloved children, and he loves us, and he wants us. Um, so we have this opportunity to walk through this time, and we know that he's with us. We even think about the Lord's Prayer, thy kingdom come, mm. thy will be done. Thy kingdom come. Jesus said the kingdom of God is at hand. He's come near, right? So we're in the tension of this already, not yet. Like the kingdom comes, he lives in us Amen. Uh, and wants us, and yet we're yeah. still wrestling Trying with all the, the things of this world. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. We pray, give us this day our daily bread, <coughs> the bread that we need for our bodies, mm -hmm. and the bread of life, his word. For our souls and help us to counter temptation. Forgive us our trespasses, the ways that we mess up, fall short. 
take the wrong turn, make the wrong decision, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation. Jesus will not lead us into temptation. God won't lead us into temptation. He will deliver us. We look to him. We look to him for his word to counter. He will give us. There's a passage in, oh, I think it's 1 Corinthians 10-ish. Uh, <laughs> um, but it says God is talking to us. And, um, or actually it's Paul. Uh, Paul is talking to us and says that um, there's no temptation. Like, we get stuck in something, and then we get, like, we isolate ourselves and we hide from it. Like, we don't want people to know. It's like, there's nothing that we are tempted by that doesn't tempt so many other people, too. And he says, 10-13. there you go, thank you, 1013, that God will never um, allow us to be tempted beyond our abilities because he will always give us, always provide a way out. That, that way, that one, if we'll, we have to look for it, and we have to choose to take it. You know, we think about, you know, this time for Jesus in the wilderness. What do we know? This wilderness time that Jesus walked through was purposeful. It was a time of preparation, a time for him to, to grow in his dependence on God mm. and to trust him and to keep turning his own human will um, toward God, to surrender to divine will. It's with every human. Jesus had a choice with every encounter that he had. Mm -hmm. Every temptation, everyone, the, the disciples were, you know, after he healed a whole bunch of people overnight, they're like, Jesus, come on, everybody's looking for you. Come be significant. Yeah. He's like, no. no he just spent time with the Father. He's like, we have to go to the next town because we're going to preach there because there are people who need to hear the good news. That's why I'm here. Right? He was able to say, but every single time he still had a decision to make. And he did it every single time. Out of who he was, out of God's power too. And it wasn't easy. He was wrestling. And he wrestles like we are. Like we think about um, and we'll talk about it later as we get closer to, to Easter, but when Jesus is in the garden the night that he's betrayed and he's just praying with all of his might. He's like, he's just, he's just feeling the angst of what is about to happen and he knows what he needs to do, but he knows it's hard. He's like, you know, God, if you can take this from me, please do. Um, but if, but nevertheless, not your will, but mine. And he continues to walk in. Like he, he's, he's feeling such intensive, whether it's fear, whether it's all of the, the conflict that he's feeling, they, the scripture says that he's sweating blood. It's just that, that intense. Yet he's still injured. And angels mm. came and ministered to him there too. Right? That God provides. And that every time he followed his will. So knowing that he did everything that he did, grounded out of his identity, um, his ability to endure was grounded in his identity firmly planted, his feet were firmly planted in his belovedness of God, his identity as God's son. And from that affirmation, again, spoken to Jesus, it's not like this isn't the time, this isn't the place, as we were in, a couple, in last week with the Transfiguration, where he's telling the people, or where he was telling the disciples, this is my son, he says, you are my son. 
goes into the wilderness to grow independence on him. So do you know that you are his son? As Lala shared, he invites us to come and he wants us to come here, to come here as children, as his children. Um, the question is, where are we anchoring? Where are we starting from? What is our starting point? Where are we anchoring our identities and our work? If he wants to be my friend or not today? Um, whether we see, receive someone's approval, our grades, our position, what colleagues accept us, <laughs> jobs accept us, uh, whether your spouse or parent or child is pleased with you today, <coughs> just be God's beloved from who we are. So my question as we begin to wrap up is what is pulling at you? Are there things that you're trying to fill yourself with to feel satisfied or feel whole? And what is that? Who is that? Trying to prove you're good enough by meeting somebody else's standard? Sorry. What, are we, what are you measuring yourself against? What am I? God's been working on me a whole lot this week. Um, Jesus' ability to live a sinless life and to resist every temptation started with his identity as God's beloved and staying connected with him from moment to moment to moment. His ongoing connection with his word and quiet kept him dependent. Time and again, he just, Jesus went off to, to a quiet place to pray. To pray. Right? Shows us over and over again. The kingdom of God has come near, and we are in this already not yet. Like it's here, and he lives within us. Um, but he won't be loud. He won't force us, mm -hmm. right? The question for you is, will you walk in his strength? and his power, and let him guide you. Help you to do the things that are hard to do with every decision that we make and face. Will we believe his word? Mm. Will we believe that his word is enough? Trust. Will we trust? Will we trust that he's going to provide in his way, even though it's maybe not necessarily the last <laughs> hope and that provision was going to look like? <laughs> right? So we need to compare Constantly changing to try and fit what somebody or wants us to be from day to day. So where will we place our feet? This morning, as I was getting dressed to come, I actually was kind of chuckling to myself because I woke up this morning and came downstairs and the sun was already partway up. I was a little later coming downstairs today. And um, and I'm like, okay, well, there's no there's no God's sunrise stories for, for this morning. <laughs> um, but so this is like, hour later so getting getting ready and I put my bracelets on and so I have this I've worn this for a long time and actually I have a fatter one that I was wearing for a long time because I gave my other skinny one away but I recently found my skinny one so it says because and it's from an organization I've supported for a long time and it's a for me what this has represented for I've worn it for at least five years I think um, because there are people who are not free who live in bondage, who there are people who won't have enough to eat today or know where they're going to get their next meal. And that there are people who live without hope, right. without peace and love of Jesus because they don't know him or know how to walk with him. So that's what this has always meant to me. So I'm putting my bracelets on and I'm 
playing through playing that through in my head like that's what propels me and keeps me going right that's the almost the why right because and as I was playing those three things in my head I just felt this because you are my mm. beloved mm. and you are his beloved in that mm. Help us to walk from the foundation of being your beloved, that you strengthen us, that you prepare us. Lord, in this time of Lent, as we draw near to you, will you help us to see the things in our life that may not be quite right? Um, we don't like to think about sin because we know that sin is the opposite of what you want. But Lord, when we can be, um, you tell us in John's first letter, that if we tell ourselves that we have no sin, we're not being honest with ourselves. We're deceiving ourselves, and the truth isn't in us. But you're faithful. If we'll confess our sins, you're faithful and just. You'll forgive us and lead us. So, Lord, would you help us to, um, would you open the eyes of our heart? Would you help us to see you as we sang this morning? Would you help us to see ourselves as you see us, the struggles as you see them? Lord, would you help us to see the ways that we are responding and coping that may not be the way that you have for us? Lord, would you help us to trust you? Would you help us to be willing to be vulnerable with you and with others, to ground ourselves in your belovedness? It's who we are in you. And from that place, connected with you, Jesus, with your Holy Spirit in you together, in your word, in your truth, would you guide us moment by moment, decision by decision, not in our own power, but in yours. Not for our glory, but for yours, because you help us through your grace to do things that we can't do on our own. Help us to trust you. Help us to know you more and more and more and to receive your love. Fill us with your peace. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.